Welcome to the Pointing It Out podcast. I am Megan Holmes here at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in St. Louis, Missouri. And I am Melissa McLeod at the Wool and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan. We have been Needlepoint besties for a number of years now, and we love talking about all things Needlepoint. It's true. And whether we're talking about our friends in the industry or chatting about tips and tricks that we've learned over the years, we are just here to keep you company while you stitch. For the visual version of this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube at Pointing It Out Podcast. Well, good afternoon, Susan. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Good. Well, I am so excited. Um, I will just take a minute um, for anyone who's joining us for the first time. We are so glad you're here. Um, I am one half of the Pointing It Out team. Um, and I am Melissa McLeod here at the Will and the Floss in Gross Point, Michigan. We are just outside of Detroit, along with my friend and partner in crime, uh, Megan Holmes at the Needlepoint Clubhouse in Kirkwood, Missouri, just outside of St. Louis. Um, together with the Pointing It Out team, and we love to bring our audience things like fabulous designers like we have with us today, um, teachers, thread distributors, anything to do with Needlepoint, um, and a little bit of knowledge and hopefully some fun along the way. So um, today, I have the pleasure of having Susan Fern here with me, who is the CEO, head designer, I don't know what you want to call yourself, of Blueberry Point Designs. Um, and I'm just so glad you're here with me. Thank you. It's a thrill. Good, good. Um, so let's, I always like to talk about it, like how, not that it really matters, who cares how I met you, but I always think I just find human relationships and human backgrounds are what makes what we do really interesting. So I know, I think I came across you just on Instagram, maybe three years ago. Does that sound about right? About right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just really um, loved, loved, loved your designs and you hadn't been to a market as of that point. So um, yeah. So I think it'd be really fun to talk about you. So can you tell me like, where you are, where you live, your family, past careers, other crafts, how you started needlepointing, all those fun things. Sure. Well, I am a native Minnesotan and um, I lived there most of my life. I currently am living in Wisconsin, which I can get into a bit more later. Um, I am, I, I have, I'm married and I have three grown children. So mm -hmm. all in different two in Minneapolis, one in North Carolina. Nice. And um, yeah, and I'm a graphic designer. I went to college for that. And I've been working ever since as a graphic designer, and I'm still working part time. Oh, I did not so realize still, that. A little, yeah, I'd love to be able to retire at some point, but that's not quite yet. So, um, so I balance that with uh, this needlepoint business and starting to grow it and um, so it's a balancing act, right? Nice. And I started needlepointing. My mother was a prolific needlepointer. She was a very creative person. And I think in the early 70s is when she really got serious about needlepointing. And she just never looked back. So I think I learned to needlepoint probably in middle school, high school kind of thing. And I, and I did that for quite a while. 
But then I took a little bit of a break when I was working full time and raising my family. And so I wasn't needle pointing quite as much. And my mother was doing so much of it that <laughs> I didn't really have to. Um, she w had a tradition where she made an ornament for everyone in the family every year and gave it to us on Thanksgiving. And when she passed away, she was up to 26 people that she made at least one ornament a year for. Mm -hmm. um, and I did a little figuring on some of the things she did. She passed away in 2014, but at that point, I think she had done over 600 ornaments, at least 600 ornaments. She's done about 125 stand-up nutcrackers and Santas and snowmen and she's done three full large chairs and so many things and you know she was really she just loved it and um even when i was in college i had a needlepoint vest that she made for me <laughs> you know that our gay who works here i've talked about gay quite a bit and she brought in recently the needlepoint vest her mom had made for her too like how cool is that right so basically what happened was when my mother passed away, I wanted to keep that tradition going of giving ornaments to my kids. Um, and so then I really started picking it up again and, you know, just wasn't getting those needlepoint gifts anymore. So, um, so that's kind of when I started doing uh, it again. Okay. My, at the same time, we had moved to Florida um, and we lived there for about seven years for my husband's work. And, so I was in a town without a, a local needlepoint shop and mm -hmm. I wanted to continue doing this and the pandemic hit. So <laughs> all oh, of those yeah. things kind of conspired to get me to start painting some things for myself because okay. it was just really hard to find them. So that's right. kind of how I started painting. Um, and I just started posting a couple of things for fun, you know, and I got some response, you know, and I, people were responding and a couple of shops like yourself reached out and said, Hey, you know, are you selling those? And, and I was like, sure. And then they were like, what do they cost? And I was like, I don't know. Um, you know, so I just sort of, it was very organic and sort of learned as I, as I went. I, so. I guess I didn't realize I was one of your first customers. That's so exciting to me. <laughs> I, think, I think so. <laughs> well, you played it off very smoothly because I would never have known you weren't like had your whole didn't have your whole business plan together, et cetera. So good didn't job. Have my act together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love hearing your story because it's actually very similar to my own and probably to a lot of stitchers out there. You know, I, I stitched when I was young. And then didn't stitch for a long time. And what brought me back to stitching was being put on bed rest with my twins. So it just seems like our, our craft for many people is a constant, but there's some people that it ebbs and flows. And um, my kids are 26 now. So I guess it's more flowed than ebbed with me. But um, yeah, real life sometimes gets in the way of our stitching. And then real life brings stitching back into our worlds. So, right. Not bad, not bad. So tell me what is behind you? Is that something that you stitched or your mom stitched? No, that's a piece that my mother stitched. So I am um, cute. I'll back up a second. I'm at my cabin um, in Wisconsin, which we have recently moved to permanently. Ah. And, um, 
So that's why I have the logs behind me. Um, I was wondering. So this is a piece that's always um, hung here for, for many years that I used to laugh at and think that was so silly. And now it's, Cute. I'm at the point in my life where I can relate to that. <laughs> and uh, so my mom did that. And it, you know, for all, when we go down to the lake, I guess that's what we look like. <laughs> oh, it has stood the test of time. So did, is that something, do you think that she bought as a painted canvas or is that something? Yes. She, so in Minneapolis, where I grew up, um, we have the picket fence was our local needlepoint shop. And she was very close with the original owner. And so that was a piece from there. Um, she did almost exclusively bought everything from them. I love it. For years. So, yeah. That's yeah. So. <laughs> um, so you started painting in like 2020, do you think? Maybe 2019. Um, yeah, I think about, around then. And had you, you, so you hadn't been stitching in, but no, you, you I'm sorry. I had a little bit here and there, but. You got back to your ornaments because of you had to replace the the supply from your mom who has sadly uh, departed. So I'm sorry right. about that. But at least some, there's, there, I always say there's a silver lining to everything. So that brought Needlepoint back into your life. And, and we wouldn't have you here today if it did not. So absolutely. I think that's great. Um, so you started designing and painting canvases, you think, in 2019. Um Tell us where your business name came from. Well, it's called Blueberry Point Canvas. And um, I mentioned that I live at my cabin and this has been in our family for over 50 years. And when we bought it, the name of it, of the property was Blueberry Point. So, and there are blueberries on our point of land. And because it's such a special place to our family, right? it was sort of, um, sort of just, naturally I thought was a good fit, especially with the word point already right. in there. So it's my, so that, that's how, that's how the name came about. So, and one of the first things I did when I was starting to paint for myself was I was painting a guest book cover for our cabin because we've had many over the years and we needed a new one. And so this, which is probably backwards, but that's the first thing I painted and then stitched. And oh. I think I think I must have posted that because all of a sudden people were asking me for blueberries um and, and blueberry canvases. But that's how I got the that's how I got the name for the business. And I feel like the one of the first things that I purchased from you um uh, were your series of four inch rounds that are kind of like cottages in every season. Mm -hmm. Yep. I did those. Um I think the one of the other first things I was doing was I was doing I was loved the Audubon prints and when living in the South, they I just saw them in a lot of places. And so I painted this pelican and a heron and I, I was going to needlepoint them for myself and hang them in our bedroom. And I never did. I, I mean, I sell them now, but I never got them needlepointed. <laughs> and, and I think so. you just fairly recently rolled them out. I know I ordered one for our friend Malia, who I know watches all the time. She yeah. has, I think, your flamingos. I should have looked that up. It's either the flamingos or the heron. I can't remember which. I think I have them here They're somewhere. They're beautiful. Um, yeah. And I, I changed the sizes. And that was one of the things I learned, like as a new designer, the very first time I did them, 
they were 16 inch squares on 18 canvas. That's well, a lot to stitch. <laughs> it sure is. And, um, and so now I've made them, they're 11 inches and they're so 13. So they're, they're a lot easier to tackle now. So, and I, um, and then of course I went to market and somebody asked me if I could do them on 18. So, you know, so, <laughs> so beautiful. So what I love about your line, and we'll talk a little bit more is, um, you have, I think an ability, um, beyond some other designers where it's, it's almost like you're three or four different stylists inside of you. Like you don't have one style, like there, you have some that's kind of art decoy looking and some that is very nature and true to the world and some that are a little more on the cutesy side. And I think that's really fun that you can kind of pull it all out of a hat. So, well, that's nice to hear because I think some, you know, some advice I got early on was, you know, kind of develop your style and, you know, stay true to that. And I thought, I, I don't really have a style, you know, I, I, I didn't fit in a super recognizable kind of style with some designers. You can really say, Oh, that's, you know, that's done by them. And so I remember the first time I went to the market and I put everything up on the wall and then I looked and I thought, you know, there is a cohesiveness to this. There's, if it's maybe through my color or something, but all of a sudden I thought, well, for the most part, this does look like a line. It's not necessarily you know, a very specific style, but I think, I think it, it is my style, whether or not it's more eclectic or what, but. Well, I I think it's interesting because then no one's, no one's going to get bored. They've got, they have a lot of variety to choose from. Um, So (laughs) it's fabulous. Um, And how, so you've been at this for about three years. Um, I'm assuming you may mainly work out of your house. Yes, I do. Um, Yep. <laughs> so, and what, what's the favorite part of, well, I guess it, let me rephrase that because when you and I were first discussing this, I did not realize that you were still, that you were part-time needlepoint designer, part-time corporate graphic artist E kind of thing. So do you have certain things about each of your roles that you prefer? Is there something that is like a favorite part of each, maybe a, a less favorite part of each? Well, I think being a graphic designer that started as long ago as I did, you know, when I first started, there were no computers and I loved the whole aspect of making mock-ups and working with my hands. And then of course, as the computer came, you just had to evolve and it's an amazing tool. And in some aspects, it's so much better. Um, and then, and I still love doing that. It's made it's made a lot of designing so streamlined and and really great. On the other hand, I really missed working with my hands. And so I think I, I did a little watercolor painting on the side for fun. And I think just the, you, you know, painting the canvases just really fills that need that I have to continue to be an artist in the way I originally started to be an artist. So um, when I went to college, I was a painting major. I had no idea what graphic design was. And I, I learned about it in college and that's how I ended up choosing it as a career. But so I've always wanted to continue to do some things with my hands and, and stitching is, 
using your hands as well. But um, so I think I like the ease of the computer and the computer is a great aid when I'm designing canvases as well. But I do a lot of tracing, drawing, tracing on tracing paper. You know, I use a light box to paint a lot of times. So I don't use a stitching program. Um, so I don't know. I like a little bit of both, you know, right, right. The digital world and, and more of the hand done world. So, yeah, I like that. Um, and I was just going to ask you something else. So when you do your, your canvas design designing, you are using computer aided design, like are you using a stitch stitch, um, program? There we go. That's the word. Well, no, not really. I have the Adobe Creative Suite because that's what I use for my graphic design. So I use that, you know, use a little Photoshop, use, you know, maybe I see a photo of something and I scan it in and, you know, kind of adapt it and draw from it. So, right. but I don't have a program where I plan out the stitches. I do stitch paint, but I do it all as I'm designing it on the canvas as it's in front of me. So you're, you're designing on canvas with a uh, number four hard pencil and some acrylic paints as you go, I'm guessing. Right. And some white paint in case I have to <laughs> paint you out. The perfect things. the first time? The masters are messy sometimes, but, um, but that's the fun part. That's the part I love. So yeah, it works out great. I don't love painting. When you ask me, you know, what, what things don't I like so much? I don't love painting the same thing over and over again. I understand that. I don't like stitching the same thing over right. and over again. I have some customers who'll stitch like four of the same ornaments for their grandchildren. I'm like, mm, 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 yeah. not me. <laughs> I've done that, but it's it's not my favorite. I really learned the hard way because in, I think it was the spring of 2021, I did my first virtual trade show. Yes. And um, I had, I didn't know anything about, shows at all. And I had, I think I came across it on Instagram, said, sign up for this. And I reached out to them and said, Oh, do you think I am someone who should try this? So you should do this. And I probably had, I don't know, 25 designs. I, I don't know exactly anymore, but not a lot. And um, Kelly Stark was really helpful to me. And she was like, yeah, this would be a great read on your work and you should do it. And okay, I signed up. And at the end of the show, I had had some orders from people like you and some, and at the end of the show, I had 400 canvases to paint. Oh my gosh. And I did not have any stitching or any painting service. <laughs> and so I tell people I went to Needlepoint Jail for a year because I literally <laughs> painted for a solid year and it was... I was just filled with anxiety and pressure and I felt so badly because so many shops had to wait, you know, to receive their canvases. The good news was good news, bad news was that the painting services were way behind as well. People were waiting months, right. um, months we and months. We don't so, want to be patient at that point. But it took me about a year to completely fill those orders and so I knew I needed to get a painting service. Um, and nobody at that time was really taking anyone. Um, okay. And it's sometimes very hard to get an right. well, person. 
Yeah. And they were way behind. So um, luckily one eventually did take me and that has just been such a blessing because I, I much prefer coming up with new ideas than painting 50 Mr. Peanuts. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so a couple of things that I, I you know, I, I didn't necessarily want to talk about this, but I think you've, you've walked us down this path a little bit. I, um, this past weekend, and we don't, we're not going to deep dive into it, but this past weekend, I think there was some disappointment for some newer designers that, um, you know, anticipated going to the in-person show in October and it, for whatever reason, isn't working out. And so Megan and I both, like, we're trying to remind people the virtual market is a fantastic market. Your, your entry fee is very reasonable for a designer. The work, and you've done both, so you could probably speak to that more than I, to, I could, but the work to get your, your booth up and rolling in the virtual market is a, a easier, I would say, think, because you've got all the time in the world to do it. Like you have from the day you sign up, practically, maybe not until they tell you you can, but you've got more time than six hours to set up your booth, which is what you guys do when you go to Atlanta or Frisco. Um, and look at that. You're a brand new designer. Nobody knew anything about you and you sold 400 canvases. Like that's amazing. Amazing. And it was, it's very intuitive. It's very easy to use um, the, the software, whatever, you know, their platform. And if you do it more than once, if you, you're, your canvases are still there from your previous show. So you can just add to them, subtract, whatever you want to do. So it is, you're right. It's very, it's an easy, a great way for a new designer, especially to get into it and get a taste of what a market is. Um, and it's open for everybody. Yes. And it, not only is it open for everyone, I believe I talked to Susie, one of the organizers. So it's uh, Susie Valerie of VNG and Christine Keston from CBK organized it together. and. Um, she, I think Susie told me, I think the market starts on a Saturday and you hit the 20, I don't have my calendar in front of me. Like I said, I wasn't really anticipating this, but we just yeah. fell down this hole. So I think it's worth talking about. Um, it's the 24th and the 25th and you can sign up until June 22nd. Like, so why not? Why not? And I know I have been religiously at every single virtual market and I have found new designs from longtime vendors of mine. And I've also found brand new vendors that I would not have been exposed to and designers uh, and found some really great stuff. So um, not necessarily wanting this to be an ad for the virtual show, but um, this past weekend I know was upsetting in a lot of ways for those of us within our industry. And, um, you know, you, sometimes you just have to make lemonade out of lemons. So <laughs> Thinking of what you planned that. Notice how well I'm I dressed for you, Susan. <laughs> I will I truth be told, um, Liz, our Liz who works here, her daughter is in the quarterfinals for the softball um for the state of Michigan. So the state quarterfinals, and her school color is yellow and green. So more green with yellow, I should probably say. So I was trying to figure out how can I dress? So I'm dressed for the game and dressed for uh Blueberry Point, and here I am. So Anyway, <laughs> um, so now that we've beaten a dead horse about the virtual market, but I do think it's just a great opportunity and it's so easy for stores to attend and easier than other ways for shops to or designers to attend. And yeah, I say, I say, check it out. Um, 
but let's get back to your line. So tell us different, tell us about different segments of your line and you did bring up Mr. Peanut. So I would love to talk about maybe Mr. Peanut and you have another, another canvas that we've ordered quite a bit of, um, the Wienermobile. So I'm sure there's a tie-in between Mr. Peanut, the Wienermobile and Susan Burns. So shed some light on that for us. There is, um, here's Mr. Peanut. And when I originally did that, I did that as an ornament for my daughter because after college, my daughter spent one year uh, driving the planters nutmobile. She was a brand ambassador for them. And I know that you've heard of, not as many people have heard of the nutmobile, but the Wienermobile at the time, they were both owned by planters and Oscar Mayer were owned by Kraft Heinz. And the Wienermobile drivers, the hot doggers and the Nutmobile drivers, the peanutters, were all one program. And like 9,000 kids or more apply for this every year. And they take about 21 kids at the time. That's what the program was. And there are six Wienermobiles and three Nutmobiles that drive around the country. And that's 100% travel for one year. So it's a really neat experience. And I was just doing this, this ornament for her. Uh, for her for her Christmas ornament. And after I'd given it to her, I think I posted it. And I got so many calls or emails about it. And I thought, who the heck wants Mr. Peanut? You know, really never intending to commercialize this in any way. And I, I just had to laugh because uh, apparently there are a lot of Mr. Peanut fans out there. Um, yes. And so since I did that, I felt like I had to do the Wienermobile because it was, you know, kind of her sister program. So, um, so yeah, so those two kind of evolved, but again, it really wasn't intentional, but you never know what's going to take off and you never know what people are going to spark to. Right. So, right. Kind of funny. Good. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so tell us about some other maybe segments of your line. Is there a way to describe that or is that I don't know if I have segments but I can tell you some of the things that are sort of more popular of okay. mine I look around because I happen to have all of my canvases spread out everywhere because I'm filling orders so they're all around me mm-hmm. um I think one of the things when I was living in Florida and I had a camellia bush and I am a terrible gardener and in Minnesota it's difficult to grow things but in Florida, everything does, they just does it for you. They, everything grows. And so I had these camellia bushes. So I did, I think I started with a round and then I did this one because I wanted to do something that works in 13. Um, yeah. And I can and, say for certain you started with the round because that was one of the yeah. first canvases I ordered from you. And I think I immediately ordered five when I saw it. So I think I have uh, three sizes now of this. And that's been really popular. And um so that was, I kind of then started to do some other florals um, because of that. So I've gotten people who like my florals and my fruits. Um, and I think that all kind of came out from where I was living at the time. Right. Um, and let's see, another thing that's been really popular. Um, I think you've, you know, this, which is my 12 days of Christmas. And it's um, kind of a very graphic interpretation. I, I am constantly amazed at the designers and their talents and their abilities to illustrate. 
which I am not an illustrator. I'd love to be one, but I'm really more of a graphic designer. So um, this is much more my interpretation of the 12 days of Christmas. I can't draw Piper's piping, you know, that kind of thing. So um, what I love about it is the colors are a little non-traditional in a fabulous way. And it, yes, when you look at it, but it takes you a minute to actually realize it's the 12 days. So it's a very subtle holiday pillow. So that gives you a little bit more time to have it out. Right. Red and green with, you know, a very recognizable, instantly recognizable. Right. So I, um, one of the questions that you had asked me ahead of time was, you know, where do you get your inspiration? And a lot of times, um, stitchers will approach me or, you know, send me a, a message and, Oh, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? And when there's somebody that's doing the 12 days and she said, I need another, I need a complimentary piece for the other side of my couch. Like, you know, I, so I just finished this and it's, this is the master. So it's sort of messy. These are Christmas songs. So this, and um, we don't need to go through every single one, but you know, you can tell that's, so Frosty the snowman and you got Jingle Bells and Rudolph. And so um, each one of these represents a different Christmas song. So it's uh, sort of the companion piece and that'll be new coming out. Um, well, you can put the wool and the floss on that pre-order list. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. So that um, those are sort of popular. And the other, I would say right now, at one point, Mr. Peanut was my biggest seller, but now these candy canes have become really popular and well and I asked you a really which was kind of a dumb question at market but I just had to ask it because I I will ask anybody anything because if I don't know what I figure somebody else doesn't know it so I was like is that like some sort of like regional special kind of candy cane you're like "Uh, no it's just a fun cute candy cane Melissa it really was sort of a take on those old um glass ornaments really that I had seen um but no, there's no other, there's no other uh, Minnesota tie or something from my childhood, but I just really like sprinkles and I thought it would be really fun yeah, to really eat good. or French knot or whatever, you know, those, but those sort of took off. Um, like I said, you never know what's going to be popular and what's not. So I, I wish, I wish I did. Right. It, that would be like the retailer's crystal ball it would be fabulous. And- I think the other, one of my other things that's, it's really special to me. And a lot of people have heard this story, but um, it's a very popular piece for me is my Santa. And this came about because I have a painting that my mother did of Santa in like the sixties. She painted it. I don't think I have it right here to show you. It's sort of a hoot. So this is the painting. Gosh, it's awesome. Isn't that funny? And um, I took it uh, from her because I didn't want my brothers to get it. I wanted it. And so so I painted this um, and did ornaments for my brothers. So that's that is that's just how it came about was I was trying to justify taking the painting and, <laughs> and not giving them one. So there you go. I did it in two sizes. So now I have two sizes. Oh, so that's cute. been, he's been pretty popular and he's, and it's the bigger one, a six inch. Is that what the bigger one is? Five and a quarter. And it's on 13 and it mm-hmm. makes a super cute 
little round pillow or an applique on a pillow. It's very well, cute. Or I was going to say, if you added a little more background and made it six inches, it works out really well on that kissing ball finish. And that would be fabulous. That would be fun, wouldn't it? We can do that. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't really have segments, you know, I just sort of have a variety of things. I don't, I, feel I, also, I didn't grab was, it, but pardon? You told me before there's another piece that was inspired by your mom's China, perhaps. Yeah. And it's, it's across the room over there, but yeah, it, it's uh it was the dishes that she chose when she was getting married. And I just always loved the pattern. So it's called Maritime Rose and, um, so yeah, I have that piece. A lot of things I've been inspired, you know, just by my family or memories that we have, things that were important to me. And I, I also shared this before, but I did. My dad was a very, very colorful dresser and he had this lily sport coat and a lily tie. And his tie um, was these big circles. And so I ended up doing this canvas, which is these, I call them funky olives because I thought they looked like olives, but it was really all because of the tie that I have a, a photo of him in. So, you know, you never yeah. know where your inspiration's going to come from, but it really, I've gotten, the other day I was in a gas station bathroom and I took a photo of the tile <laughs> because it was interesting. So it comes from everywhere, right? Yes, absolutely. I love it. Uh, okay. Um, do you mainly stitch your own things? Do you stitch other artists' things? Do you even get a chance to stitch these days? I stitch my own. I stitch others. I don't get much time to stitch right now. I've bought some things from you recently, which are still in the bag. I forgot about oh. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mostly stitch basket weave because I just haven't had the time to learn the decorative stitches, but I bought some things from you with a stitch guide. So it's my goal to get something done, but um, I'm so behind that this year, my kids Christmas ornaments, I gave them the canvas, not even stitched. <laughs> so that's how behind I've become because I'm painting all the time. Um, right. well, I did stitch. I have, I did stitch this. This is only one thing I stitched because these darling Penny Lynn purses are so popular and so fun. And I did a series. Um, and these actually have French knots, which is the first time I've ever done anything. If, if you can even call that a decorative yeah. stitch. I absolutely but, um, can. Yeah. So I did do that. So I had it for the summer. Um, nice. And, uh, but otherwise for the most part, I'll stitch anything as long as it, you know, fits with, you know, either what my kid needs for an ornament that year or um, just things I love. I have a really great canvas of these big crabs that I was doing for my home in Florida, which of course I haven't finished and now I don't live there anymore, but I might have to give it to my daughter or something who lives in North Carolina, but there you go. That'll oh work. yeah. I love to stitch, but I don't get enough time to do it right now. Well, and I know some, you, I'm so excited about that new pillow you just showed us, but the other thing I saw you roll it out on Instagram lately are those two new Halloween pieces. Yeah. And they, I don't have them here because they are at the painters. I have photos of them. They're so good. So I have Frankenstein and Mr. Bones. 
so awesome. Uh, we are a big Halloween shop. Uh, everyone on staff loves Halloween and they are fantastic. Yeah. And I just saw the proofs and they've really done a great job um, translating them. So I think they'll be really fun. Yeah, you know, maybe not for the beginner beginning stitcher, but um, I, th I think they'll be really fun to do. They're fantastic. So I'll have uh, those too. Good. And do you have any of your canvases that aren't getting enough love these days? Uh, I have a couple that I've discontinued. Okay. <laughs> they really didn't do so well. I'm kind of looking around, like I say, um, you know, it's interesting because something will do well one time and then not as well at another market or I, you know, I, I can't always figure out why something does well and, and something doesn't do well at a certain time. So um, I've just started doing trunk shows this year and I'll find, you know, that different things sell in different places. And For so sure. when the trunk show comes back, um, it's always interesting to see what's what has sold in one area and um, hasn't sold, you know, just, it could be the time of year. It could be the location. It could be anything. So yeah. I just need things that I like. And uh, if something really, really doesn't, I think I've only gotten rid of a couple things in my line because my line's not very big. So I can't afford to really discontinue things. <laughs> well, I guess I should have asked you that too. And I, I don't know if I put that in our notes ahead of time. Like how many pieces are in your line? Do you know that around? I have about 110, 120 pieces. That's so that's still pretty small though, but it's, you know. Well, I remember walking into, I think uh, it was this past Atlanta market and I walked into your room and I'm like, wow, look at you. Because the first <laughs> time, you know, I saw you at market, it was probably a virtual market. And again, you know, you had like 20 or 25 pieces. And so you've, you know, times sixed it, if that's a word. Um, and that's pretty impressive. Thanks. I'm always looking for that elusive design, you know, that everybody wants. And, you know, the, um, I don't know, the, you know, the, the sled or the stitched angels or the, you know, the things that people just buy over and over again. And I haven't, I don't think I've quite hit on the exact piece yet, but, um, I'm, I'm so impressed with so many of the designers out there it just inspires me to keep going and trying to think of new things. So fantastic. Do you have any other sneak peeks you are prepared to show us? I am in love um, with Christmas song pillow for I, sure. I have one. I, I just, I, again, I do some things for myself. Sometimes I bought the acrylic purses, those okay. cute acrylic purses. I love that. And so I just, you know, make sure this is, I just did this piece. That's very pretty. And this is really a spin on, I did a couple of chinoiserie eggs. Yes. And this is really an elaboration of one of those designs because it was pretty popular. And I don't think blue and white is ever going out. So nope. <laughs> I did that. I just, I just finished that like yesterday. So okay. um, that's nice. kind of coming down the pike. And then, um, I don't know, I think I have to save everything else. Oh, this is one other insert that I'm loving. And this is also a acrylic purse insert. Those colors are really good together. Really, really good. So, well, yeah, more to come. More to come. <laughs> it is very exciting. Well, I so appreciate you spending 
time with us and sharing a little of your background and some of your new designs and everything in between. It's always so exciting. So I appreciate that. And I'm just glad that um, I was one of your first customers. Who knew? Well, you know, you've been super supportive and I would say many shops have, and it's, um, I think a lot of designers have the same story as me and that they started painting and, oh, somebody saw it and said, you should paint more and, you know, sort of have grown organically. And um, it's really nice to know that the industry is welcoming to us and that, you know, that there's a way you can do this and something that you love and um, get supported by so many great people. So it's been a fun, a fun ride, really. I say that every day that I'm so, so fortunate to be able to work um, doing something that I absolutely love because I, for a lot of years I worked for a paycheck and now I'm working for something I love, which, you know, some days is more fruitful than others in the paycheck department, but no matter what, you know, you go to work and you don't always, you don't really feel like it's work. So, right. Yes. Yes. Well, fantastic. Well, for those of you who have joined us for the first time, thank you again. If you could hit that subscribe button um, on the YouTube channel, that helps other stitchers find us and we can share the joy so they can learn more about all of the things we talk about. So um, I will put Susan's um, website in the show notes. So if you want to look at her full line, uh, feel free. I believe Megan and I both are going to have a collection together on the front of our websites. Um, So you can check out what she and I both have in stock to highlight um, Susan's talents. And uh, we just look forward to seeing more and more of what you do. Thank you so much. It was just a pleasure to be here. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Putting It Out podcast is a part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, please visit us on Instagram at Pointing It Out Podcast or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pointing It Out Podcast. Shop online at Needlepoint Clubhouse by visiting stlneedlepoint.com and follow us on Instagram at stlneedlepoint. And visit the Wool and the Floss online shop at woolfloss.com and follow at Wool and the Floss on Instagram as well.